Turn back to the book of 1 Peter. I thought I might maybe finish up where we were Sunday, but maybe some other time, I guess. There is a lot more that he was able to find in that place that was by God. And uh, it was a place that's like no other place. And the child of God in 2020 got to learn the same thing is that there was just no other place on earth like being beside the Lord and being with the Lord. For without him, we can do nothing except you abide in me. And I believe that's part of what that was talking about is abiding in the Lord. And um, it seems like sometimes people ask me many times, um, you know, why does God let this happen or that happen? I was talking to a man today, actually, and <clears throat> I don't understand it neither. He's a good man. And um, I wouldn't operate the way God does. I'll just tell you that. I mean, I think we would all, his ways are way above ours. And, um, and thank goodness I'm not running things, right? And so, um, <clears throat> I, but I don't understand why God allows the things that he does. But, but generally speaking, I do understand this. Um, he's always trying to drive us back to the safest place. Um, it, we get out there and we're trying to operate by ourselves, and we're trying to do things in our own strength and uh, or we just get things get to going good and we kind of forget the, the blessing, uh, the blesser uh, because of the blessings. And so we maybe don't pray as much as we should or we don't spend that quiet time as often as we do when we are. Um, and so when we think we're strong, we're weak. But when we think we're weak, we're strong. And so uh, that's just exactly where God wants you. He wants you to be weak. He wants you to understand that you already are weak. He wants us to understand that, uh, that uh, the uh, uh, people say all the time, well, God will never put any more on you than you can bear. Well, that is nonsense. That's ridiculous. It's not true. Um, I'm not attacking anybody that's ever said that. I'm just saying it's just not so. God will purposefully put more on you so that you see that you cannot do it. Uh, so that you, because if you could do it yourself, what need do you have of him? And so he will always allow things into our life to help us to see that we cannot do anything without him. And the more we try, the more we fail. And we try to make things work and we try to fix this in our families or we, we try to fix that. I know a lot of mothers that just run themselves absolutely to an early grave trying to fix their children. Even when they're grown and married and gone, mama's still trying to fix everything. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, mama just rest easy. It's going to just take the Lord. The Lord's going to have to do a work in the heart of our children, grandchildren, and people that we worry about. Uh, we, can't, we can't fix anything. In fact, everything I've tried to do in my life that I've done in my own strength has just turned out to be a mess. And uh, everything that I've just yielded to the Spirit of God and let the Spirit of God have His way, and I get out of the way, it always turns out right. And uh, so uh, just remember that, that the Lord is uh, always wanting us to remember uh, that there is a place by Him, and we never outgrow that. 
that place by the Lord. Now, I said I wasn't preaching that, and I've turned to 1 Peter. So let's just turn to 1 Peter, and let's just go on here with where we've been going and try to finish up here just a couple of these verses. And uh, we're in 1 Peter chapter number 2. Uh, we have been looking at several things. I didn't bring uh, some of the other notes, but you kind of know where we are. Um, Starting verse number one of 1 Peter chapter number two, uh, the Bible said, Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Um, you know, we need to take that into heart, all evil speakings. Um, but a lot of people have taken that saying to a ditch on the other side and they won't say anything negative about anything. I've even heard preachers say that that's not my ministry. My ministry, I have a ministry of exhortation. I don't have a ministry to preach against sin. Other people do that. Well, they're about as crazy as a fruitcake uh, to think like that. Uh, we're to preach the whole council. But anyway... So don't take that too far. Um, No, God does not want us to speak evil of no man. The Bible says speak evil of no man. And wherefore laying aside guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. But it's not evil speaking uh, for me to preach against uh, sodomites, right? It's not evil speaking for me to preach against Joel Steen or for you to speak to your family about uh, being part of this ecumenical movement. Or uh, it's, That's not evil speaking for a person to call out the truth. Uh, in fact, Paul did it often. He named people and even told them what business they were in and what town it was in and said, God reward them for how they treated us. That's not evil speaking. Uh, so people will tell you that all the time. Don't judge me. Don't speak evil. Uh, that's the only, one of the few lost verses lost people use is, are you supposed to not say, uh, not judge and don't speak evil and all that stuff? And they don't understand their Bible. It's not evil speaking to preach and, and tell our families about sin, right? So we can't take that verse and make it mean something that it does not. Uh, the Lord certainly wants us to stand against evil. He wants us to stand against things, stand against sin, preach against sin. He wants us to do those things. And so it's not um, anything evil if there's a man that's guilty of something for somebody to tell the truth about it, right? That's not evil. Um, But I think we all have a pretty good idea because when we do it, the Holy Ghost lets us know what we've just done. I have walked away from conversations going, you could have gone without saying that. Has anybody else done that? That was unnecessary. But it made me feel better to say it. And uh, that, I think, is what God's talking about. Unnecessary, uh, speaking evil of people. Uh, A lot of times it's done just to make somebody feel better about themselves. And we have to be extremely careful that the enemy doesn't use us uh, and our little member that's in our mouth. As the Bible talks about it being set on fire of hell and uh, no man can tame. And so we need to be extremely careful about how we use this little member in our mouth. If we would be uh, use it to speak more to the edification, we'd be better off. And to speak things that uh, uh, are from the Bible. And I've learned that. If you'll just, if you won't give your opinion on a matter, if you'll just give Bible, you don't ever have anything to apologize about. Right? If I, if I just say, well, I just don't think you ought to do that because that's, I just don't feel like this and I feel. Well, everybody's got feelings and opinions. 
And uh, your opinion is not going to help me any more than my own. Uh, what we need is the Word of God. So if you just stick to the Bible and uh, say, you know, well, the Bible says this, uh, then you don't have to apologize for anything. Uh, so just be careful about that. So all evil speakings um, and hypocrisies and all the things listed in verse 1, or lay that aside. And then verse number 2, that's the putting off. Verse number 2 is the pouring in. Newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. And that's the purpose and the intent that all of us should have, is that we want to grow in the Lord. Um, none of us have arrived, so I believe anybody, as long as you've been saved in here, the, the most senior Christian uh, could still find his place in verse number two and try to grow. I don't, sometimes familiarity uh, breeds contempt. Sometimes we'll get too familiar with things and think that we don't need to grow. If you're alive and you're still in this body, you need to grow. All of us need to grow. We've all got room to grow in the Lord. And the only way we can do that is put off verse one and pour in the Bible. Verse number three is where we ended last time. If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And so uh, I'm not going to re-preach that, but it's uh, just a, such one of my favorite little verses in all the Bible because I uh, it didn't just hold true when I got saved uh, some 13 years ago, however long it is. Uh, it's true every time that I experience God, I come away uh, feeling that God's been gracious to me. Uh, it doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what time it is during the day. It doesn't matter what I'm going through in life. Any time that I go to God, I come away saying that that tasted gracious. And so it's a wonderful verse. It's not true just at salvation, uh, but it'll be true all of your life. You will find that the goodness and mercy and grace of God endureth forever. And he is gracious. And so we better thank God for that because we've been bad enough since we've been saved. And so we need the graciousness of our Lord. So we ended there. If so be you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. And then verse number four, and we're going to begin here in this next little section. We've still been dealing with our manners, uh, but we're going to deal with the way to continue. We've seen the work of Christ, the working of the spirit, the word of uh, the word of God. And um, we come down through here to verse number four, and we need to see the way to continue. And uh, it's often uh, difficult. I think sometimes we feel that once we're saved, because once saved, always saved, that we're always just, we take for granted things in our lives that God has done for us. And um, we didn't realize that the only thing keeping us was the grace of God and not we ourselves. And so we get out there, we forget the Lord, we don't pray as much, don't read our Bible as much, and then things start to go down and we wonder what happened. Uh, well, because we forgot that the only reason we were making it in the first place was because of the God of this Bible. And it wasn't because we were great people, right? And so we go along in our Christian life and it seems like you get out of the honeymoon stage, you're saved and you kind of have a honeymoon stage, it seemed like to me anyway, uh, with the Lord and your hearts, you're just in love with Jesus. It's just like a marriage when you first get married and the butterflies and uh, all those different things in the marriage. And then uh, before you know it, it's not butterflies, it's uh, bumblebees stinging you all over. And uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but, uh, you know, th and then it takes work. You know, it takes hard work to keep a marriage going strong. 
It's not something that you're just going to be able to uh, uh, sit back and say, well, we had butterflies in our stomach and, uh, you know, he's cute and she's pretty and, and uh, man, we're just, you know, all that stuff will eventually uh, go, go on down the road and uh, you'll have to work at being married. You'll have to work at keeping uh, that marriage on fire and keeping that marriage where it's supposed to be. It won't just happen naturally. You'll come to a place and everybody's different at a certain period of time and which that relationship uh, will change and it'll become uh, not so much uh, emotion anymore. It's hard work and uh, you have a lot of denying yourself, a lot of understanding, uh, dwelling with him according to knowledge the Bible talks about and um, a lot of give and a lot of take and uh, it'll just take a whole lot of hard work in a marriage and it's no different with your relationship with Jesus. It will take hard work because you will come through those butterfly feelings of man, somebody can just say Jesus and you're just, you're whole life lights up thinking about God and thinking about the Bible. And then you go along and sister so-and-so smarts off to you and sis brother so-and-so quits and uh, then the, sister, the preacher does something stupid and that hurts your feelings and uh, then this one does, And then it doesn't, it's just a few years down the road before you know it, you're cynical about the whole thing and uh, I'm just not a whole lot to that and you're not on fire anymore and your heart's just kind of, you're here because you're afraid people talk about you if you don't show up and, uh, but really you're not here. You know, you're not in the thing. Uh, That's because you forgot, you have got to work hard. It's a hard work. The Bible says this, that God is not unrighteous to forget what? Your work and labor of love. He didn't say God is not unrighteous to forget your great feeling of emotion, of love for people. It's a labor and a work of love. It's hard work. Can some of you have been in church a long time say amen to that? It's taken hard work for you to stay true and faithful to this church down through the years. It's not just happened because of some butterfly feelings in your stomach. Uh, There was some nausea that come along with it down the way. And it wasn't butterflies. It was the feeling of vomit about to come up for all that was going on. Uh, But it took hard work because you had made a decision by the grace of God to love that church and to love God. And you weren't going to let anything come in between you and your love for God and this church. And so that's what it takes. You've got to work and to labor. Whatever relationship you young people get in, understand something about marriage. It will include butterflies. It does include wonderful emotional feelings. Can you say amen to that? I don't know about you, but uh, I mean, for years and years and years, I couldn't even sleep without my wife at least touching her leg and knowing that she was there. And, And there's emotions and there's feelings along with marriage, but it will take hard work work and labor to love people and to love children and to love your family and to love God's church. It won't just happen because you've got saved and you've got some emotional feelings. That won't last forever. Eventually there'll be some things happen and you'll find out it's not as easy as you thought it was. And then everybody that you attacked for everything, you're starting to find out it wasn't as easy as you thought it was. And you're going to end up doing the same thing they did if you don't watch it. And so you've got to remember it's a hard work and a hard labor, but it's worth every mile. It'll be worth it in the end. Just keep on loving people. Stay on fire for God. Keep loving this church. Keep loving God. And don't quit. Don't give up. Keep on going. It'll just take some hard work. If so be you've tasted the Lord's gracious, that shouldn't be a hard thing to do, should it? God's been gracious to us. Everyone in here ought to have been in hell. God's been good to us. And so for him to ask us to put aside all the garbage, pour in his word, and continue to love, that shouldn't be hard for us to do, should it? We can do it.
God's not asked anything unreasonable out of any of us to do for say. It's not unreasonable. It's very reasonable, very practical. And it's the best thing for everybody if we just follow God. <laughs> but it's difficult and it's hard to do. Your relationship with God won't stay on fire when uh, you get cold out in the world if you don't warm yourself up by the Bible. You've got to keep in the Word of God. That will keep your relationship the way that it should be. And so it's the same thing in any relationship that we get in in life, but especially with Christ, the way to continue, point number one in verse four, the way to continue in verse number four is to pursue, read verse number four with me, to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men but chosen of God and precious and so if we're going to continue in these last days number one we are going to have to pursue Christ we're going to have to continue unto whom coming when you stop going to him you are very vulnerable to fall out because all those other things in your life if you'll think with me uh, I think distance lends enchantment to the view people a lot of times will will talk about the old days and they'll forget about things like the NIV came out of your old days Right? Come on now. They don't ever talk about that. They talk about all the revivals, but they don't talk about all the hypocrisy and all the Phariseeism, and they don't talk about all the uh, uh, absolute uh, apostate uh, religions that come out of those times either. It was during the 50s and 60s that all that started going on. And so distance often lends enchantment to the view. And we think uh, about yesteryear as often being a little better than maybe it was. There was bad things going on back then too, just like there is now. Uh, people, there have been sodomites and there have been people messed up about what gender they are all the way back in the beginning of the Bible. Uh, there's been people that have done sick, perverted, twisted, messed up things in churches, outside of churches, all down through the ages. There's been people that are messed up with sin. <laughs> and so it's, there's been, it's been going on all along. Uh, so what's the difference? Well, the difference is the people in those days, the people that are still around to tell us about it, they had a heart that was rem that remained on fire for the Lord. And so they just continued, though all that stuff was still going on around them, they made it through because of Christ. They stayed focused on the Lord Jesus. And if we're going to make it through in this day, the only hope we got is to continually go unto Christ. We're going to have to continue to pray. We're going to have to continue to stay in the Word of God. We're going to have to continue to meet together and to, and to be, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're going to have to continue to keep our eyes on Jesus unto whom coming. And that's continual action. And so when you start to lose uh, that work of going to Jesus, it's hard to do, folks. Does anybody's flesh every morning of the day, I mean, every morning of your life, wake up and think, man, I can't wait to get in the Word of God. Woo! And there's been times I have, JC. I don't lie about it. I'm not going to try to look any more, less spiritual than I am and more spiritual. There have been many a times I absolutely have. But I'll have to admit sometimes, no. It's usually Amber's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's another joke. It's a good thing y'all understood it was a joke. I didn't have to tell you that. And, uh, 
I can act and honestly say no. Uh, there's been times in my life, especially, you know, when I was working, I uh, would think about, uh, you know, uh, well, I could just pull over here at Taco Bell and get me something to eat. Or if I'll just not eat and wait and I'll take offline, I can make it to church on time. I can have to tell you and admit to you there's been a couple of times I chose to eat instead of going to church. I'll be honest with you. There's been times in my life I felt like I, and I regretted it every time. Because there wasn't a time I could have stood to miss a meal, but I couldn't have stood to miss the preaching of the Word of God. I, I understand that now where I didn't before as much. But, you know, we all have these times, but what we have to do is consciously make this decision that no matter what in my life comes, comes into my life, I am going to get alone with the Lord. I cannot make it if I don't go to Jesus. If I don't get to him, if I don't get to the Lord somehow, if I don't get to him, I don't know where that place is in your life. I, I, I was always um, raised up when I first got saved that, um, you know, that an hour in the mornings were two at night. And, and so maybe it's uh, in the morning for you, but I know several people that are not morning people. Maybe that's not, uh, I would exhort you to try to make that time to go to the Lord first thing in the morning. I believe that's biblical uh, to give him of the first fruits. I believe the first part of your day, if you You'll start out that way. You'll have a better day. But let me explain to you this. You'll drive yourself crazy if you, if you are able to do that and, um, and, and that you feel like that's a failure in your life. Don't do that. As long as you just have to, you can't make it through that day if you don't get to the Lord. Let me say that. At some point, you've got to get to God. And, uh, and so I don't care what time it is. I don't care what uh, um, some people's work schedules have them where they maybe work certain hours. And I don't know all those things. But this much I know for a fact. If you don't get to God, your spiritual condition, your relationship with God will be about as good as your marriage would be if you didn't talk to your wife. She's going to feel neglected. She's going to feel like you don't care about it. It's not going to go any better. And so uh, you have to know for different reasons, more subjective, uh, but uh, you have to make it. I don't care when it is in that day. You have got, you young people, start right now. Let me explain something to you that I'm learning quickly. It will not get any easier to discipline yourself to do things as you get older. It will not get, am I telling it right? You are who you are by the time you reach certain ages. And it will take an absolute miracle of God for you to ever change. It's just who you are. And so let me exhort you young people right now in your life, the first moment of your day, I don't care what time you wake up. I think you got to get up as early as you can, uh, but uh, that's beside the point. Whatever time it is you get up out of that bed, the first thing I would do is get along with God. I don't care what, I don't care what happens. I don't care what else is going on in your life. If you will start to discipline yourself that now, that will help you as you get older because it won't get easier when you, if you, if you wait till you're my, like me and I was 25 years old and then tried to take the discipline. My, it took years for me to discipline my life and to teach myself how to do certain things like that. But at your age, if you'll start right now, just start getting in the Bible the very first part of your day, as soon as you get out that bed, I'd go straight to Jesus. That'd be the first thing on my mind. I have got to get to the Lord. That will help you. And if you'll do that, I promise you, you'll begin to see that you'll start having a, you'll, you know, I, I, you know why we don't have the burden for sinners that we should? 
There, there's a reason. It doesn't. I mean, um, we don't. We we don't. We believe there's a hell. We believe people's going, uh, but we do very little about it. And and sometimes it troubles me that I'm not more troubled than I am. We should be a whole lot more troubled about it than we are. And uh, it troubles me that I'm not as troubled as I should be. And so and these things happen as a result, in my opinion, um, of the lack of time that we spend alone with the Lord. Because uh, let, let me just, uh, just use human uh, relationships. Birds of a feather flock together. Am I right? And what do we warn our children, Brother Mark? We warn them. If you hang around people like that, every daddy in America has got a brain, has warned his children. You better not hang around that crowd because even if you don't do it, everybody else will think you're doing it. Right? But eventually you will do it. You will. And, uh, and so uh, we warn people of that great uh, human tragedy uh, because the truth is you will begin to be who you're around. And who you allow to influence you is exactly how you will end up being influenced. And, and so if we realize that and we see that about human relationships, should we not see that about God? It will begin to rub off on us if we're around God long enough. Right? What did the Bible say about them? They knew that they had been with, God, with Christ. They knew they had been with him. He began to rub off on them. And that's what will help. See, church is a great thing for that. Uh, church will help you in that manner. If you notice when you miss two or three Sundays, it, it, you know, it, it, I, I don't, it's, I'm amazed at how it just works on you. Uh, but uh, if you'll notice, it's a great thing. The church is a great thing for that. But that can't be alone all that it's going to take in your Christian life to keep you through. Because there's a lot of people better than me and you in here tonight that have been faithful to churches and they're not even going to church today uh, because of things that happen in their life. It's going to take more than that. And I'm for coming, please. I, 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 I enjoy every person ever comes. But it's going to take more than that. You're going to have to, to unto whom coming on a continual basis on your own go to Christ. You're going to have to do that uh, to make it through in these days. So young people especially, especially you really young ones, uh, you start your, your day off with the Lord and you'll be, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. The Lord will help you. But if you don't and you say, well, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do this, well, God's going to let you go do it all. And then you'll come around at the end of the day and say, boy, that day was a mess, wasn't it? Well, that's because you were running it. Right? <laughs> And if you'd have just gotten with God and just said, now God, this whole thing's in your hands today. I'm going to, whatever come what may, I don't care. And you just have that alone time with Christ. I don't know, folks, it just, there's just no other way. I'm telling you, there's no other way. I don't know of any other way to get through this life with any joy apart from going unto the Lord. See, I, you can't, it, it, I, I kind of had this picture of it when I first got saved, that, that kind of going and getting saved was like a fix-all. That was all that it took. And you just got saved and, and then, man, you just go to church and you shout her out until Jesus comes, you know. But uh, that's not so. That's just the beginning of a relationship with a person. Uh, I, when I meet people, me and Brother Reed, we met, uh, God kind of mended our hearts together. We just kind of uh, just worked together. I don't know how it happened, just the way God did it. But as we've gone along, we've started to learn each other more and more and more. See, I believe, Brother Mark, I believe that's what he's talking about when Paul said that I may know him. I know Jesus like I never knew him 13 years ago. There's things about him. There's Moses. I, I know about him, but there's certain men in the Bible that know his ways. Was that Moses knew his ways? 
and, and uh, even he even prayed, show me now. That I want to know your ways. I want to know all about you, what kind of God you are. I, I want to know everything there is to know about you. It's the same thing in a marriage. I thought I knew my wife when we got saved. She thought she knew me. Boy, she was wrong. And now look at all the, what she knows about me. Bless her heart. And so we got to, this thing's a relationship you begun in when you got saved. And there's so much more to find out about Jesus. It's, it, it, you will spend eternity trying to find out all that there is to know about the Lord. And so start your day off unto whom coming as unto a living stone. Isn't that kind of, stones are not alive. This stone is. Well, we got to move here a little bit. So number one. We have to look uh, at this. We have to, if we're, the ways to continue, number one is to pursue Christ, to, to whom coming as unto a living stone. Can I say this about this stone quickly, just in passing? I'm glad that Jesus is this. I'm glad the Bible refers to him as a stone. He's this immovable constant in my life in this ever this world as it uh, 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 changes proclaims the lord eternally the same i believe that was wesley or i can't remember who wrote that uh, but everything else in life you all know exactly what i'm talking about everything changes it just seemed like yesterday some of you older ones you can test to this seemed like just yesterday you were in high school and and chasing your wife around and trying to talk her into liking you and it seemed like just yesterday, things, and life has just changed. It just some, sometimes for the worst, especially when you see things in other people. And, but everything changes. People change. Times change. The country's going to change. Half of this country is seriously so so brainwashed by government education that they think they can get things for free from a government that doesn't have any money. <laughs> The United States government has no money. Not only literally, they borrow it all from China, but figuratively, all their money is ours. All they have is what we give them. So you think you're getting stuff for free by sending them half your money. It's absolutely insane. But they can't understand it. They're blinded to it. This country is doomed to change. And things that some of you men join the military to fight against and preserve our liberties for, they're going to usher in in the understanding that they're going to get everything for free. That's going to happen in this country. I believe it's going to happen in this country. When you can get people that will that can back the man like Bernie Sanders, like they do, and be sold out believing that that man can even put together a rational thought, it blows my mind. But they will vote for him and put him in power. Uh, someone like him at some point. I don't know when the mercy of God's kept it off this long. Uh, but it, these evils will, uh, will come in and they'll control your thoughts. They will, don't want you to think anything religious. They don't want you to think anything about God. They don't want you praying. They don't want you reading the Bible. That's, that's, that's what it's all about. And uh, it will happen and this country will change. But this Bible says unto whom coming as unto a living stone. There is a constant, unchangeable, self-sustaining uh, eternal God in the heavens that is like a stone. He will never change. He'll never be moved out of the way. He may be removed from the conscience of many people in this country, but they'll never get rid of God. 
He's immovable. He's like a stone. He's a, the Bible talks about Jesus being the stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands. Now, this great living stone that we have known to come and to love and we learn more about every day was disallowed indeed of men, but he's chosen of God and precious. The world doesn't think much of Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses don't think very much of him. Certain religions don't think much of Jesus. People in this country don't think, people in this community don't think a whole lot about Jesus. But God said he's elect and precious. That's what God thought about him. He's chosen of God and he's precious. How is he to your life? He's precious to you, isn't he? You've got to remember that. Jesus is precious. And no matter what the world thinks about him, everybody else can have all kinds of ideas. You know, even back in his day, they said he was born of fornication. So we'd be not born of fornication. They said all kinds of manner of evil against him. But God said he's precious. He's elect and chosen of God and precious. And so this great living stone that me and you are coming into um, that is unchangeable, that is always going to be constant, always a steady in your life. Uh, you can go to people and get advice. I mean, I'm just amazed at the way people are able to change. They can stand on one thing and turn on it the next minute. They can, they can love you and get off the phone with you and turn around and call somebody and tell them how much they can't stand you. Amen. That's how people are. And, and, and I don't even know sometimes they realize they're doing it. But they can talk to you on the phone. Boy, I've always loved you. I'm just here. You and them's best friends. And they can hang up and call somebody and say, boy, I can't stand him. You know that. That's just the way people are. They can change on a drop of a dime. They can be with you one minute. The next minute they're ready to kill you. It's just the way people are. Not God. If God's for you tonight, he's for you tomorrow. If God's for you tomorrow, he's for you in eternity. If God was for you in eternity, that means he was never against you to begin with. Because you had no beginning. You're in Christ. And so this living stone, he's unchangeable. He's constant. He's God said, this Jesus, this same Jesus whom I've made Lord in Christ is elect and he's precious and he's chosen of God. He's, he's a son like nobody else is. There's something special about Jesus. He's not just like anybody else. They say, well, there's all these great people that have come down through Gandhi and Muhammad and all these great people, Mother Teresa and all these uh, profiles of people that they talk about being just uh, have changed the world. And Jesus doesn't deserve to be on that list, my friend. He's done more than just change the world. <laughs> he upholds it by the word of his power. By all things consist by him. Uh, the reason that the, the molecules on the bench that you're sitting on are not separating and just poof going away is because the word of his power keeps everything consisting or else it would all just be, be nothing. It would not exist at all. Not only did he create from nothing, he consisted all by his own power. This is the God we're talking about. And he's elective God, chosen and precious. He's, he doesn't deserve to be out. That's why I say, I don't like, can I say interject something here before we go home? I, I really don't like when people say Jesus. You know, people say that all the time. Well, Jesus. That's almost like taking his name in vain almost. I don't like that. My, my grandmother that comes in here, my 90-something-year-old grandmother, she said, I got one spanking in my life. Boy, I wish I had that track record. I should have got a lot more than I got. She said, I got one spanking. I said, gee whiz, when I was young. And my daddy said that sounded like Jesus, and he whooped her for that. 
We've come a long way, ain't we? I don't like to hear these, these girls to say, gosh. I don't like that either. Jesus and God are totally separate in our vocabulary. They're not words that should be used. They're not cuss words. They're not. They're something that should be separated as holy and precious and elect. Jesus, his name has been given a name above every name. And it ought to be separated out, sanctified in our heart. It ought to be something separate and different. You young kids, I wouldn't sit around and listen to somebody take Jesus' name in vain for nothing in the world. I would just get away from that kind of trash. I would not use his name to say, oh my gosh, or, uh, or, or, or Jesus. Or, uh, I wouldn't say things like that. If you're not praying, I'd just leave his name out of it. I think it's, a, it's, it's an awful thing to do, don't you? And, and boy, I, I want to be careful about it. But we're going to go down through here. We, uh, we're not going to do it tonight. We've got to go home. But uh, this living and movable stone that men, men may have rejected. And I was going to look at those verses. And we'll go back through them and look at the verses that talk about these, this little portion here. Because I want to go through. Um, it's mentioned several times in the scriptures. Uh, but he came into his own, and his own received him not. That's going to be the context of what he's going to deal with. The builders rejected him, talking about the Jews. Um, they could find no place in their Jewish temple to fit Jesus. And so they were looking for somewhere in their tradition to f- make Jesus work because they couldn't deny his power. They couldn't deny that he was working miracles. They couldn't deny all that he had done and said and was. Uh, so they were trying to figure out where to put him in their little building blocks, in their tradition, their religion. Uh, but uh, uh, the Bible says that they disallowed. That means they, they uh, looked at him in disapproval. They were still looking for, we know, that great king to come on the great and throw them of the Roman oppression. And that's who they were looking for. They weren't looking for a let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, right? The lowly Nazarene. That's not who they were looking for. And so they disallowed him. The builders rejected him. And so God has now put him at the head of the corner. And this is a different building. Uh, and so we'll have to look at that later on. Um, this is a building that's not made with hands, but a holy habitation of God through the Spirit, according to Ephesians. And it's made up of people like me and you, Jews and Gentiles, doesn't matter what you are. The only qualifier is this, you must be a sinner and you must repent and believe on his son. And to many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And so now you also are lively stones in a building, just as vital to the operation of this church as the bricks are that are keep this building up. Now I'm generally not one for patting people on the back and making anybody feel good about their self. But folks, we have got to accept who we are and we are important to Jesus Christ. You are important to this church. If you're saved and you're born again, I want you to know you are important to this church. And a local level, I'm not even talking about the corporate body, I'm talking about locally. You're important to this church, but you're certainly important to God's church. And so Anyway, uh, we'll look through there as we get time later on and go down through there and look at these, um, this great building. Lord, thank you so much. We are honored that you would even use people like us to be a part of your body and a part of this building in which you're building. That's, you've now turned to another nation who was not your people, just as your first people were not a people.
And so we thank you that you've allowed us to become sons of God and servants in this great mysterious body that we serve in. Thank you for every person that's here. I pray if there's any under the sound of my voice that are not saved, that they would come to the saving knowledge of the truth and help us as Christians, Lord, to be better suited as we go out this week to love people, to see people as they are, not on the outside of what they may be doing, but that they are sinners in need of a Savior. Help us to be compassionate, to be loving, gentle, and kind. We love you and thank you for being that way to us. We've tasted of you and you're certainly gracious. Thank you for being gracious to people like us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Reed will sing if you need to come.